24 hours a day. Radio Contact. week's devil in the detail podcast i'm rob parks and we're here talking all things salford red devils joining the show this week as over our paul white side right paul hey rob you okay mate how's your week been mate yeah it's been all right mate been okay not too bad it's uh, pretty warm isn't it out there i'm uh, just trying to keep cool on that mate but yeah I'm, I'm doing i'm doing good thank you yeah two amazing things happened to me uh, over the weekend paul well the first thing my dad won the uh, the golden gamble on the match on friday night celebrations all round yeah, Uncle Joel's mint balls in Iceland, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I tell you what, they're, they're a big, they're a big jar as well. They don't, they don't spare the horses when it comes to Uncle Joel mint, mint balls. They're, they're from Costco, big, big box of them. So you know, my dad was running towards me like David Pleat uh, with the Luton coach in 1970s when they relegated City. He was so excited, and never seen him so excited really. <laughs> Really you called him Uncle Joe's meatballs on Friday night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's all the it's all the excitement parlor we were in. It was it was a it was a great day, uh, and then and then I was on um, I was in sale on 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 Saturday, and my wife has a as a, a vintage tea uh, company, Molly Gray's Vintage Tea. She does cakes and she does afternoon teas and things like that. And she's uh, she has a shop in sale, and I was um, out sort of dropping leaflets to try and promote uh, the you know the business in in, in sale, and. Um, this man walked up to me. He had two dogs, and I, I went, "All right, mate, go and have a have a look at uh, Molly Gray's vintage tea in the Emporium. Uh, you know, do wonderful cakes, wonderful tea. It'll, it'll be great." And he looked at me dead in the eye. Went, "You're Rob from the Devil in the Detail," and I was like, "Whoa!" You know, because you don't expect somebody to sort of sort of mention you. You know, like in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? I didn't really expect that to happen, and I was like really shocked. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." And he went, "Oh, I love the show." It's a great show. You and the boys do a fantastic job, um, you know, keeping us all motivated and, you know, you're able to listen to it while you, you know, you're washing up or, or, or tidying up. It's, it's a great show. And he's, he's called Rick and he lives in Sale. And I just wanted to say hello. And it was, you, you get it quite a lot of people coming up to you, don't you? But it's the first time in a while someone's come up to me and said, all right, Rob, I love the show. And it was really, really made me happy. I wouldn't say I get loads of people coming up to it. I've had I've had the odd person saying, "Oh, you're that Wally who does them videos." <laughs> <laughs> I would say I was like, uh, "I've got m- many fans, Rob." But yeah, that, that, that's great. And uh, yeah, what was his name? Rick. It's Rick. Say? Rick Insay. He's got two. He's got two dogs. Uh, nice bloke. Talked about Salford, you know, for five or ten minutes, and you know, he, he said, uh, you know, really enjoyed the show. We tune in every week uh, and listen yeah, to it, and it's, it's it's brilliant. I've, I've really, you know, was like really took me back because I thought, you know, we didn't don't expect, do you? You know, people, you no, know, no, to say that no. kind of thing. No, so. well, it's like we were saying about Mark last week. Mark Hay in Australia, he, he he's a friend of the show, isn't he? And, and listens every week. And with Rick and Sale, I hope you enjoy the show tonight, Rick. And yeah, as long as people are enjoying it and. And, and, and like listening to what we do, and that I think that's that's the plan to get out of out of doing it, and and uh, you know what we think about Salford and that. And as long as they're enjoying it, I think that's all that matters. Yeah, it's it's great, and long may it continue. People keep tuning in, and you know it becomes even bigger than it is. 
So, Paul, uh, what have we got on the show this week? Yeah, on the show this week, mate, we've got a review of the Huddersfield game. We'll be talking about the whole match that's coming up a week on, on Friday as well. We're previewing that. We've got the amateur report. We've got all the news coming out of Salford Red Devils. We've got an interview in Coach's Corner. We've got Willie Poaching in Coach's Corner this week, standing in for Ian Watson. And we've got Darrell Alfords, Robert Louis, and uh, Lee Mossop speaking to us. And we've also got an interview with Andy Rosler, who we spoke to today. Yeah, so what we'll do, we'll start off with a defeat against Huddersfield on Friday night. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. Devil in the Detail. So it's all Salford at the moment. Jake Bibby going close. He's tackled just short. Logan Tompkins into Rob Louie. He's got runners on the outside. Salford man go over the corner. It's Evans gives it to Junior Sow. And Junior Sow slides over for Salford. Great score early on. And Salford hit the front. Good tackling by the Huddersfield Giants. But Salford have one play left in the set. It's Logan Tompkins. It's Rob Louie. He steps on the outside looking for space. Gives it to Olferts. He steps on. Kicks behind the fullback. The chases are there. But it looks like it could be going there. But Evans is there. Evans has touched the ball down. The referee looking for the touch judge. And he's giving it. Great try by Salford. Niall Evans reacting quickly and getting over the line for Salford Red Devils. So, Salford just playing for pride. Now, can they get over the line in these dying moments? It's Tompkins. He gives it to Flanagan. He's got runs on the outside. Shoddocks. Rob Louie's got the ball in his hand now. Gives it to Junior Sal. Bounces off one defender. He's run over the fullback. Great score by Junior Sal. Right at the death of Salford Red Devils. It won't matter the scoreline. Huddersfield will be still victorious. But a good try by Junior Sal. To lift the holes from the Salford Devils fans and the players. So, Salford Devils were defeated against Huddersfield on Friday night. 24 points to 16, Paul. Another frustrating result. Yeah, it was a frustrating result, Rob. It was um, it was a funny game. You know, it was a much improved performance, I thought, in the first half going in, in leading. I think it was 10-4 at halftime. You know, I've slept since then now. I forgot because it's, it's almost a week ago. But yeah, I thought the, the first half was, was a decent display. Uh, Huddersfield, you know, no disrespect to them. I thought they came and slowed the game down and they niggled a bit as well, didn't they? But they did they did what they had to do to win the game and I thought they were clinical and took their chances and and you could have no complaints really. It was a poor, you know, close defending Ian Watson was, was disappointed with the defence and I couldn't really put my finger on it. It seemed like we were flat in the second half and I don't know, once we went two scores behind, our heads seemed to drop then and that's, that's something that Ian's you know, might alarm me in a bit. I mean, you know, we, we're we're in the, we're in a dogfight now, aren't we? For this this bottom four, we need to we need to step up really, or we're going to get dragged into uh, you know the middle eights. Yeah, Salford's lineup was as follows: uh, Niall Evels at fullback, Greg Johnson, Junior Sow, Jake Bibby, Della Olferts, Rob Lewitt, Jake Shorrocks, Lee Mossop, Logan Tompkins, Daniel Murray, George Griffin, Ryan Lannon, and on the bench was Matt Flanagan. Uh, sorry, I'll lose forward Matt Flanagan. On the bench was Craig Copjack, Wellerecke, Ben Nakumbuai, and Josh Wood. Yeah, like you said, Paul, frustrating result. I think the pl- the players were were working hard. They they, tr- they did try, but certain games and certain times of the season. Sometimes your luck's not in, and and I felt like it was like on Friday. Lots of huff and puff, but just not 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 enough to get a result. No, no. Well, that's, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're definitely right. Um, 
it's confidence, I think, now, Rob. When when you start losing games, I've said it loads of times, we, we say it, don't we? Where does it come from, winning and losing? And once you get on that, that, you become desperate then, don't you, for a win? And sometimes you can try a bit too hard, can't you, and make mistakes. And the more games you lose, the more desperate you become. And we saw a bit of that desperateness. Des- desperateness, is that a word? Um, <laughs> the Catalan at the Magic weekend. And I thought, with us being at home against Huddersfield, the, the pressure was on us then, wanted to, to win that game. It became a must-win game. You know, you fall behind and then players start making mistakes and the pressure got to him, I think, on, on Friday. And, you know, Huddersfield had Danny Bruff on there. And he's a he's a pain, Danny Bruff. He's a niggler. And, but at the moment, he's a leader and that's something we're lacking. And I thought Danny Bruff got that green by the scruff of the neck. Whether you like him or not, he, he did the business for Huddersfield on, on, on Friday night. And and we we couldn't we didn't have any answer to them at half back again. We changed it round. We had Josh Wood in there for uh, for Jack Little John who didn't play. Hey, sorry, not Josh Wood. Um, what's his name? Shorrocks. Sorry, mate. I'm losing my, losing the marbles here. Shorrocks. It was um, Jake, <laughs> Jake Shorrocks. Sorry, Jake Shorrocks and, and Robert Louis at half back. And again, we didn't seem to create many chances. And um, again, we can't score the points. What was it? Sixteen points again. So we're not getting enough points to to keep ourselves in these games. And once we sort of go two scores behind. We're struggling, really. The writing seemed to be on the wall, and, and eventually it was a very, very disappointing night. Yeah, talk about Shorts. I thought he had his best game in his Salford shirt so far. You know, he, he came to the line quite a bit, and, you know, I suppose he's only a young kid. He's learning the game, he's earning his trade, and, you know, for me, I thought it was his best game uh, so far. Obviously, Little John uh, not making the team. It's, it's a question, does Ian Watson bring Little John back in after a week on the sidelines, or does he persist with Rob Louie and, and Jake Shorts? That's the, the sort of the conundrum he's got at the moment. Yeah, with Jake Shorts, yeah, I think he's a good youngster, Jake Shorts. I think he's got a good attitude. He's coming from Wigan, obviously. There's a good setup there with the youth setup at Wigan, so he's been well coached. He'll have knowledge of the game. And I thought, <clears throat> you're right, I think he had, he did have his best game. He showed some nice touches. But just just on a down, I don't want to be disrespectful to Jake in any way, shape or form. But besides, I know he's got to learn the game and that, but really, we need somebody that can lead us. We don't really need a young kid that's learning the game. You know, we've not got that sort of... What's the word? We've not got that sort of... Um, Luxury. Oh, what I'm looking for. Luxury. We can't afford to be carrying somebody like that, if you know what I mean. We need an experience set in there, don't we? Because we need to win matches. We've not got that... Um, I'm struggling for words tonight. <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? Experience, there? I think. you look. There's, um, that's, that's the thing that's the word you're looking for. Obviously, Jake Shorrocks is a talent, isn't he? But he's, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's still right. kind of... At the moment, I don't think he's the best fit for us, is he? Yeah. Uh, we, we need somebody like a Danny Bruff who can drag us out, or a Matty Smith or somebody like that, you know, someone who can lead us around the park. And I think we're lacking leaders at the moment on the pitch. And, you know... I, there seems to be a lack of vocalness there, I think, on the pitch. There's nobody sort of you know, leading the lads and, and getting them around the field. Last year you had Michael Dobson, didn't you? And he's a huge miss for us, Michael Dobson. He really is. And you're seeing now how much of a miss he is, um, just directing us around the pitch. And Gareth O'Brien, another one, these pivots, the vital players in the side. And once you start getting rid of these creators, you're struggling really, aren't you, for any sort of creativity. And a lot's being asked of Robert Lewin. I don't think Robert's fully fit at the moment. I mean, you could tell that on, on Friday. It looks like he's he's still carrying a bit of an injury. You know, he's had a few weeks out. So we are, we're struggling. But, you know, to be fair to young Jake, I think he's coming, he's worked hard and he's, he's improving. But at the moment, we need somebody, somebody who's game ready at that level straight away, really, don't we? Yeah, but I suppose Ian Blees did say at the meeting that, you know, because of the sort of the, the frustrations, the turbulence of our pre-season with the change of ownership, deals won't, who were, you know, there to be had, 
slipped through our fingers, didn't we? So it was, uh, you know, having to pick and choose your, your your people towards the back end. That's nobody's fault. That's not the people who were coming in. That's not all Mao and Kukash's fault. That's just the, the process and the, the amount of time it takes. And, you know, we, we have what we have at the moment. Um, obviously, another defeat for Ian Watson. Um, you know, it, it's one of them where... Yeah, do you stick with what you've got, or, or does or does he or the club have to let Ian Watson go? It hope you don't know what the club are thinking. We don't know, you know, what Ian Watson's thinking. He's got two weeks here in in a, sort of a mid-season break for the Challenge Cup, where you know he can see if he can galvanise his players for a for a better result. Uh, you know, for all uh, in a, in a couple of weeks. Witness today of of, of sacked of uh, Dennis Betts. They've decided to go, to go early and obviously release Dennis Betts to give them a chance to get in the eight. Um, and, that, and that's their chance, and, that, and we'll see how, how that you know plays out. Uh, but like you say we don't know how you know what what's going to happen, do we, Paul? You know, in in the next few weeks, it's it's, it's testing times for both Ian Watson and and you know the people in charge at the club to to see what happens and, and where they go. Yeah, I think going to witness. Yeah, I think that's a bit of desperation from them. Witness, don't forget, witness are two points behind us. They've only got six points, um, so they they are staring down the barrel at the moment. I think. If he was a witness supporter, now you'd probably be resigning yourself for the, for the bottom four and pre- be preparing for that, as Wakefield did a few years ago. I think they a few years ago they were that far behind. In the end, they just started bringing players in and started preparing for that for that mid late. Don't think we're in that situation yet because we're we're only a point behind Huddersfield. Just going back to Ian Watson, I'm fully behind Ian um, in this situation because I I think he's. He's had players sold, hasn't he? And he had his tools taken away from him, really. And, and players from last season who weren't replaced. So, you know, he's doing it tough. He's got a small squad as well, small budget, you know, and you've got injuries as well. He's lost two key players in Manu Vatavai and Chris Browning before the ball was kicked. Like, there was They were big blows, really. Um, and obviously, Michael Dobson not being being, rep- or being replaced with Jack Littlejohn and no disrespect to Jack, but he's not at the same level Michael Dobson was last season. So he's doing it tough. He really is. And, and the Gareth O'Brien sale was another another kick in the teeth for him. And he lost Ben Murdoch Masilla as well, who was a, was a big signing. And, you know, we've, we brought some players in, but the players we brought in are not as experienced. It's going to take them time to get to speed. Ben Nakabuai, you probably say in the, in the long run, could be a replacement for Ben Murdoch Masilla. But, you know, Ben's a, a young prospect, isn't he? And it's going to take him time to, to get to that level. So we've seen some good good signs from him so uh, we've got to keep faith with Ian Watson I think I think Ian's a good young coach doesn't become a bad coach overnight um, you look at witness Dennis Betts was there for eight seasons and I know he's been getting some real stick today on social media and things like that but what, one thing you have to remember with Dennis they've brought some really good youngsters through at witness now you look at their first team there they've got a real hard core of a, of a, a good young side and sometimes it's difficult for those youngsters to play at the, you know, the top level every week um, I think they'll do all right in the long run. I think Dennis has done some good work there at Witness, so don't let people kid you that he hasn't done. But uh, but going back to Ian, I think he, he's the man for the job at Solvent, and I think he'll get us out of the mess that we're in. Well, I, I'm all up for, for keeping the faith, uh, but what you need to do, obviously, if, if you've got to invest in Ian Watson, you've obviously taken a few players away from him, uh, with you know having to balance the books and whatnot, um, but you're going to have to give him a chance to, to, to obviously invest in that squad, um, and it's when will the investment come? Do they invest now to see if they can get enough players to, to get in the eight and stay in the eight, or do you wait to nearer the end of the season when you know whether you're going to be in the eight or in the, in the, in the bottom four, and then invest your players then? Because if invest your players sort of now and then obviously you don't make the eight you drop into the four but you spent all your money early then you are in in a bit of trouble aren't you so it's it's a balancing act it's it's a it's a difficult situation that everyone finds himself in right now and it's it's going to be interesting i think next few weeks 
Yeah, it is. It, it, but the thing is, Robert, it's, it's whether the play, I think there's players available, but have we got the money to, to sign players? Do the players want to come to us? I think we've been trying. We've been actively trying to sign players. I think Matty Russell was a prime example. I'm pretty sure we was in for Matty, and, and Toronto came in with a, with more money or, or whatever than we could offer him, a better deal or, or whatever. And and the players, you know, short career and, and what have you, and stability of, of the Toronto club over us at the moment. You look at our stability at the moment for a player looking in, say he's got a young family or whatever, and he looks at the Salford model, you know, the crowds are low. I'm not being negative here, I'm just looking at it as an outsider looking in. Crowds are low, there's, there's issues with money and off-field situation. What are you going to do? I mean, I know what I'd do. You'd go where the stability is, wouldn't you? So you've got to look at it like that. And Ian Blee said it a few weeks ago. Our, play, our team's going to let players go because everyone's fighting for something, aren't we? See, teams at the bottom are fighting to, to, to get in the top eight and the teams at the top end of the table are fighting for that top four. You know, Max Smith has been a player we've been linked with, but Saints have got injuries, so why are they going to let a player go? And, you know, I think Mason Caton Brown was another one, but if he was Wakefield's coach, Chris Chester, why would you want to sell Mason Caton Brown to us to strengthen us when we're fighting for that top eight with Wakefield? So it's a difficult time. I think signing players mid-season is a difficult time to get older people and, uh, you know, do, do business with other clubs. Yeah, I agree with that, Paul. Obviously, everyone looks after themselves, don't they, in this situation? And if you're not, if you're not able to get the players, or the, they aren't willing to release them, uh, that be, that becomes a problem, doesn't it? But you know, talking about our players, you know, they tried hard on Friday. They worked hard. You know, it, they they seem frustrated as well that you know it just wasn't clicking, uh, and you can understand that. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said before, you you, you do you, you tend to to look at. I mean, they are trying harder than normal. You know, sometimes you can try a bit too hard when things are not coming off. You get frustrated, and I think that's what's crept into our game now—a bit of frustration, a bit of desperation as well. Pressure starts to build. You start losing games. You get into a bit of a rut, don't you? And that just seems the situation we're in at the moment. We've not won now since the, the Wakefield game. You know, five five defeats on the spin and five pretty poor performances as well. Really, we've not really come close in any of them games. Have been very disappointing matches. So, you know, it's a it's a bad run, and it's just a run that we, we need to it needs to come to an end as soon as possible, really, for Ian and the boys. Yeah, uh, I spoke to Rob Lewis, Daryl Olferts and Lee Mossop after the game on Friday night, and this is what they had to say. So I'm joined by Daryl Olferts, so lucky defeat that. Yeah, gutted. Well, I can say I'm gutted, mate. We needed the two points. Just, just disappointed, mate. Yeah, obviously people are down in that changing room. What, what was said was everyone disappointed like yourself? Yeah, we just, we just needed the win and... We didn't execute. We didn't execute the second half. Thought we were on top first half. Just didn't come out. How are we finding Super League? Obviously coming up from a different division. Yeah, I'm getting getting the gist of it now. It's good to get a couple good 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 couple of games under my belt. Just got to keep rolling. Hopefully, I get picked picked again and just just keep just keep going from there. Cheers, big thanks. Talk to us in the devil detail. So enjoying by Rob Bluey. You know, tough defeat that. Yeah, it is. Um, completion rates. Completed first half. I thought we were dominant, and then come second half. Off the kickoff, we lose it, and then we're on the back foot since then. But you know, was a bit down on confidence, you know. Um, but you know, we just been losing. But it's, it's a tough one to swallow, especially with our fans. You know, they show up every week, and you know, it's there, it's there, but then it's not there. So I don't know. I'm just yeah, a bit disappointed. Obviously, you know, being like a senior pro, senior pro in the team, is that a bit, a bit of extra pressure with people looking for yourself to do um, something to make the magic happen? Yeah, but I can't. You can't just turn the magic on. You got to build pressure, and and then if we, when we get down there, you know, we we don't even complete a set down there. We don't even get to a kick. Um, we we didn't build pressure at all, and then you know, 
and then I can't put in any magic if uh, if we don't build any pressure. So, but I don't feel no pressure as long as I do my job. I know the team team will win, but it just comes down to individual. Yeah, full week of training now. Hopefully, back to winning ways next week. Yeah, well, I think that's what we're gonna do. Um, you know, we're at that point where we put ourselves in this position. Um, we've got to take a good look of, look at us as a team individually. Um, and what we can do for the team, you know, um, we got to forget about what's happened. Um, forget about what's happened in the, you know, what's what's happened. Now we got to look forward to um, the back end of this season. So, and I think going forward, um, just got to train hard, work hard, and um, try to get it out on the field. Cheers, big thanks, talk to us in the nah, detail. So I'm joined by Lee Mossop. Tough defeat that. Yeah, um, it's gutting. It's gutting. Um, we're turning up, we're grafting, we're putting all the effort in, but a couple of dumb decisions, soft penalties, whatever it is, we're just letting teams off the hook and we're just, we, we just can't get that win for no matter what. It's not through lack of effort, it's not through not training hard, we're doing everything, but it's just it's just not going our way at the minute. Yeah, obviously you've got uh, two weeks off now to recharge the batteries. You know, ideal chance you know, to, to you know, get things sorted out for next game against Hull. Yeah, um, every game is must win now. Uh, like you say, we've got two weeks off, so no doubt we'll train hard, really hard for the next two weeks, and hopefully we can turn it round. It's all it's down to us now. No one else can do anything. It's just about us turning up and doing what we have to do to turn it round. Yeah, you're, you yourself doing really well. Big meters maker, big tackles throughout the season. What do you think? Playing well? <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd swap it for the team. I'd swap it for a win, no matter what. I, yeah, all I can keep doing is just try and turn up and try and inspire players to. I just, like I say, I just I just got to do my job and hopefully, like I say, we can just turn it round. It's just it's just tough at the minute. We're doing really tough. Cheers, big thanks. Talk to us in the Denver detail. No problem. Cheers, Thank mate. You. So that was Del Lofers, Rob Lewitt, and Lee Mossop talking to us after the game, Paul and. You know, you could sound, you could almost hear the frustration in the voices that they're working so hard, but it's just not coming off for them. Yeah, certainly it does. Like I said, losing it's it does become a habit, doesn't it? And we're on that bad run, and we just can't seem to buy a win at the moment. But it's it's worrying, and the players are going to be down about it. But the good thing is now, I suppose we've got a two week break with it being the Challenge Cup. You can get sort of refreshed. Hopefully, we can get Josh Jones back in there because I think we've missed Josh. Um, regarding other injuries, I don't think we've got. Tons of injuries at the moment, have we? More or less full strength, really, apart from the long-term guys of Atavai and Browning. So, you know, hopefully we'll get Josh Jones back for the for the whole match and go there with a bit of. Uh, I think, you know, what's the word? I'm, I'm struggling tonight for my words. Rob, I think about a bit of each stroke, but um, <laughs> but now we'll go to Hull with it. Perhaps take the pressure off us, go there. Hull will be expected to win. We've had a bit of a break and, and just go there and perhaps throw the ball around and see what happens because you know, it can't get any worse, can it, than what we've been playing recently, the, the stuff we've been serving up. Like you said, there's been effort there, but we've just not had that um, that penetration and attack, have we? So hopefully we can, we can go to Hull and... Uh, in a performance. Yeah, we, we obviously Ian Watson in the press conference after the game didn't pull any punches about, you know, his feelings on, on you know what's going on and why. You've got to feel sorry for him. Like you said, you've had players taken away from him. He's got no academy or, or reserve team to, to dip into and he's he's in he's in the bare bones in it at the moment his squad and you know pressures you know inside the club and outside the club are on, on him as well and you know you can almost feel the frustration as that press conference went on. Yeah you certainly could yeah the the young lad from uh... League Express grilled 
Ian Watson, didn't he? Matthew Shaw, a very good journalist as well. He does some good writing for the League Express, and he did. He grilled Watto, and and Watto come out fighting. I thought he answered the question. There were fair questions as well, and he, he answered them. And he more or less said, you know, it, the club are perhaps paying for stuff that's gone on for for years before before Ian Ian took over. And I think in a way he's right. There's a lot of things off the field that have probably been left for decades, really now, and. You've got to turn that round, haven't you? You know, 2018 now is an awful lot of distractions off the field for people and we need to fight for every supporter we can and, and do things as well as we can off the field. Obviously, with the money that we, we might not have as much money as other people. So it's about it's a balancing act and Andy Roslo alludes to that in, in the interview we did t- tonight if you listen to that later on. So, so yeah, he's in a difficult situation here at the moment and he's doing his best. He can't he can't go on the, the, the pitch and... and and play, can he? Like he was saying there in the press conference, he's training with the players. He shouldn't have to be training with the players. Will he poaching is? We've not got enough players in the squad, so he's working his socks off. So he's doing the coaching and he's doing the playing as well in training. So can't question Ian's commitment and the, and the hours he puts in at Salford. And uh, I just really hope that, that we get things right because he's a good bloke. And uh, if anyone deserves to succeed, it's him. Yeah. So Ian Watson went for a cool down after the uh, the press conference. Uh, you got to speak to Willie Poaching after the game, uh, and this is what he had to say. <laughs> Coach's corner. Right, Willie Poaching has joined me after another defeat. That's a tough one to take tonight. After uh, after a good first half as well. What, can you put your finger on that second half? Ah, uh, so discipline let us down. Um, it was a consecutive run of penalties. I think it was five, in fact. That uh, really really allowed them to get some control of the game and put a lot of pressure on us defensively. We, you know, we didn't handle it. There were various reasons for those penalties and we need to have a look and have a discussion and eradicate those from our game because it's, it's hurting us, it's killing us. And, you know, that's on top of some poor ball, uh, some poor executions and some poor, poor ball control. And, you know, to go from was a really pleasing, really confident giving first half to, to give that out in the second half was really disappointing. And, you know, we'd, um, again, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, we've just got some improvements in us and you know, we've got a lot of work to do and we've got to turn around and we're trying to turn around as quick as we can. It seemed like the game changed, that nail levels broke through there and I think there was, there was quite a delay, wasn't there? The Huddersfield man came off with a head injury and that seemed to take the sting out of us, didn't it? It, it slowed us down, as you say, yeah. and they got that, that they got that wind up, didn't they? And We couldn't stop them, though, those three tries. We, we disappointed with the goal line defence for those tries. Yeah, really disappointed. Um, some of the attention to our detail, and you know, just this is what happens in Super League. You knock off for for half a second and half a play, you get punished, and that's what we did. We um, overread on on a couple of plays and didn't get in the right spots that we needed to, and you know, not making an excuse, but that on on top of the fatigue factor and having to work defensively all the way down the field it just takes its toll. And at some point, we've we've got to learn from that and. You know, we got into the position where we were in control of things in the first half and I didn't think the score reflected the control that we had. I thought we deserved to be a little bit more but the fact of the matter was we weren't. Anyway, we'd, we got into that lead and we had that control because we were in control of pretty much everything in the game. We were, other than kicking and finishing our sets a bit better than we should have, you know, we, we were smart with the ball, we ran hard, we were bouncing defensively. You know, we need to try and work out you know, how we maintain that and how we continue that and 
you know, if there's a magic jar, I'll bottle it and bring it out for next week. I'll try and find you somewhere, yeah. definitely. But yeah, yeah, well, that's my job to try and find that Gleese and Watto. Uh, we've got to try and bring that out of them. Is it a confidence thing as well? Do you think confidence is really low at the moment? As you said there, the first half, you were brimming with confidence in the lead there. Yeah, yeah. That confidence seemed to drain in the second half. Did others feel grinded out of us, you think? Uh, possibly. That's an individual thing. You know, the confidence and as a group, um, you know, we're hearing the right noises and we're seeing the right signs. So, you know, we'll take that on face value. We'll speak to some individuals and see where they're at. And, but, you know, I think it's obvious to see that there is a little bit of confidence when we go down and, you know, they we concede a couple of quick tries in a row. But, you know, that's also got to do with, as I alluded to before, the fatigue factor and, and us overloading ourselves with work and, and unnecessarily, you know, defending the amount that we're having to. And, you know, the, that's not just ball control. As I said before, there was discipline as well. There was, you know first tackle penalties and then we we conceded a penalty close to their line uh, for back chat we come back down we concede a penalty straight on halfway again and you know that's schoolboy stuff and you know, we're making those sort of errors at the moment that we need to get rid of get rid of quickly do you think this break for the Challenge Cup now obviously every, every team wants to be in the Challenge Cup could this be coming at a good time now because if you, when you're on a bad run like this, sometimes you need that bit of a break, get yourselves fresh, you've got two weeks, and then hit, hit, the, hit, hit the ground running again in a couple of weeks' time. Do you think this break could, could do you the world of good? We need to make it that way. We need to make it and use it to our advantage and use it positively and get ready for LFC and, you know, freshen up some people and, you know, do as much work as we can over the next couple of weeks in the time allotted and the time that we can, whilst also trying to freshen up the small group that we have. Um, you know, Ian alluded to that in his press conference before, and I know, I know you guys are doing it tough, aren't you, Ian, Martin Gleeson? You've not got a big squad to work from, you've not got an academy, we've not got a reserve yep. grade. You've just literally got the, the men you've got there, and Ian said it in his press conference, you guys have been training, you know, and getting injured training with the players, haven't you, which you shouldn't be doing. But you're doing that, you're putting your bodies on the line, aren't you? And it, it must be tough for you. Yeah, and, you know, we just want to give the blokes and give the team as much as we can. And, you know, we know that... You know, they do the same too. They give everything, every ounce that they have. And you now we're just got to try and have a look and, and see uh, how we can get as much out of them in, in the rest of the season ahead and, and rather than bleed them dry and, and, you know, run the well till it's got nothing left. We've got to be smart in how we manage some of it. So that's that's the juggling game that we have as, a, as coaches is you know, trying to get as much work and try and rectify things and, and improve and still stay, stay sharp on some of the stuff that we've been good at whilst also not overloading and, you know, squeezing everything out of the small squad that we have and, and keeping them as sharp and try and get some of that confidence back. Thanks very much for speaking to us tonight, Willa. My pleasure. See you in a couple of weeks. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. So, Willa Poaching, you know, very good talker, analyses the game really well, doesn't he? Yeah, he certainly does. He's a lovely man, Willie Poaching. I've got a lot of time for him. He's a really friendly guy. He's always in the same mood. He always lets on. He always says hello. And he's a, he's a nice guy and talks, talks well about the game as well. He's always very upbeat, very positive, and he knows the game inside out. Been a, been a good player, good pro, good honest pro at the clubs he's been at. So uh, I think, you know, we, we've learned a lot. Ian's learned a lot, I think, off, uh, off Willie Poaching as well. And uh, yeah, it was good for him to come and speak to us. Yeah, obviously, he, he shares the frustration of, of Ian Watson and, and what's going on. But, you know, 
you've got players, you know, behind the scenes that you know Willie Poaching, Martin Gleeson, Ian Watson, all been top pros in the in the in the in the time, and you know, cutting the teeth on on the coaching staff. You know, they've got experience now. This will only help their development as they go on. Yeah, I think so, Rob. Yeah, like I said, you know, continuity. I think in sports, a, a rare thing these days, don't you? you know? People trap and change coaches if you lose a couple of games, and sometimes you got to give people the benefit of the doubt. Ian did a cracking job last season. All right, he's having it tough this season, but there's, I think there's reasons for that. I don't mean become a bad coach overnight. I think you got to give the guy benefit of the doubt, and sometimes you, you better the devil. You know, you bring somebody in now, and I know I don't want to slag Huddersfield off, but they they've done it. They, they brought an Australian guy in last season, and um, I don't think he's lasted long as a Rick Stone they've, they've fobbed him off and, and brought some other Australian fella in and I don't know a lot about this Simon Wolford who's gone there but the lad who was in temperature charge Chris Thorman you know, young English coach he won, I think he won four games on the spin he did the press conference in the Huddersfield on, on Friday and why not give him a chance you know rather than bring some Australian, unknown Australian guy over I don't think he works sometimes sticking with the guys that are there and uh, Letting them do the business. Well, I suppose you're looking for the they got the new coach bounce, aren't they? When you get the temporary coaching, you know that's why they've got that four wins on the spin. And obviously, tactically, they thought they'll bring the new coach in now and hopefully getting more of a new coach bounce because it's a new new coach. And then it might carry them over then into the into the top eight. That's what Huddersfield's plan is. They've gone well early. Witness have gone, you know, now. So it's just whether. Ian Watson, you know, if, if they are to, you know, to back him, which, which we hope they do, whether they invest in players now or whether they invest in players two or three weeks down the line when they know whether they're going to be in the A or not, for me. Yeah, yeah, I suppose, I suppose. so. Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? You know, I think this season now, teams are, don't know what's going to happen in next season, do they? You know, I, I think it'd be absolutely crazy to, to scrap the, the top eights next season. Now, I think you've got to keep it the same as it is because it's, it should be a level playing field. You should know what's happening at, at the start of the season before a ball's kicked. And I know they keep they keep saying rumours they're going to change it to this, change it to that. And, and clubs are panicking, aren't they? Which is rightly so. You want to be in that top eight. You don't want to be cut adrift, do you? So I think rugby league sometimes there needs to be a change at the top. They need to make sure that these these things are in place. So, but but teams are they going to panic now? They're going to want to make sure they're in that top eight. You, like we said it before. You end up in that bottom four this season. You're going to struggle. I watched the Lee and Toronto game on. Um, on Saturday, I watched quite a few of the games at the Summer Bash and I really enjoyed them. But that Lee and Toronto game was an absolute belting match. Two sides there that could compete at that lower end of Super League. They've got some good players. And, you know, you put them into the mix with the, the bottom four from Super League and maybe Toulouse and London Broncos as well. Halifax, they're another side that are down there. Featherstone Rovers. It's going to be a really tough competition, that middle eights. And it's something that I don't really want to be involved in. Yeah, obviously Watson has been in, involved in in the middle eights and in the in the in in the top eights as well. So he's got experience on both ends of the uh, of the candle there. So you know, I, I think we give him the ch- I think we give him the chance. For me, he's got enough credit in his in his tank to getting us to a, a top eight finish and a, and a, and a semi final and challenge cup. You know, just investing. You know, getting some players either like now to get us in the eight or or later on in in the in the season when we're approaching the top eights or the middle eights, just to give him a chance. I don't I don't think it's very fair that obviously players had to go uh, for whatever reason and then obviously he carries the can at the end of the day he needs to be invested in uh, we know when the chance comes yeah definitely I think so Rob as well yeah, I'm right behind Ian and, and all the coaching staff Martin Gleeson Willie Poachie and Greg Brown I'm behind the whole lot of them and I just hope they can turn things around you know, sooner rather than later because you keep losing and support the start 
losing the faith, don't they, and getting on the back. So let's hope we can turn it around sooner rather than later. Yeah, looking at the stats uh, from the game against Huddersfield, top tacklers, uh, George Griffin with 42, Mark Flanagan with 42, uh, Matt Ryan Lannan with 29 uh, Daniel Murray with 28 uh, Craig Cupjack with 28 forwards doing a massive amount of work there yeah they certainly did yeah there was a lot of tackling to be done a few missed tackles in the second half but you know we've said it all season the pack's the pack's been pretty solid I think where we've been losing out on matches is point scoring our half-backs is a pivotal part of the side aren't they and that creativity has not been there this season kicking games been pretty poor I think we've been a bit poor out wide as well, finishing our, you know, the few chances we've had off. So, I don't think pack's a problem, really. I think it's outside backs and, and half-back where our uh, our problems lie, really. Yeah, I suppose defensive, though, we are quite solid. Uh, but the, the problem you've got, if you're not, like you say, turning points and, you know, pressure into points, your defence will crack. Because they're only human, aren't they? They're not, you know, they're not superheroes. They can't defend forever, can they? So, you know, it's, it's that... I say the more points you score, the more chance of winning. And if you do concede the odd try when you've already scored 50, it doesn't really matter, does it? Well, no, if you look at the last three games, Lee, Catalan and Huddersfield, I mean, I think Lee scored 22, Catalan was at 26 and 24 for Huddersfield. So, you know, if we'd have scored a few points, we could, we could have won the games, couldn't we? So, it's not as if we're leaking in 30-odd, 40 points every week, but we're not scoring enough to, to keep in these games. I mean... Huddersfield in that second half, there was only one one team in that game, really. They, they grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and as soon as they got in front, we never looked like coming back. And I think that's the thing at the moment. We don't look like we've got a lot of points in us. And, you know, that, that's a worrying thing. Yeah. Uh, top meter makers, uh, Mark Flanagan with 89, Josh Gri- uh, George Griffin with 84, uh, Craig Cockerjack with 79, uh, Lee Mossett with 71. Well, we always look at these stats, don't we, every week? And you're looking for over 100 and we were... Just, just, just short, and that was kind of the sums up the whole performance, really. Yeah, I think Huddersfield had a lot of ball in that second half as well, didn't they? They played the game right, and we didn't have an awful lot of opportunities. I think Ian said that in the press conference, and uh, well, that's something we've got to work on, Rob. We've got an awful lot of things to work on, and uh, yeah, a lot to a lot to work to be done. Yeah, a big thanks for your three-word match reports and man of the matches uh, for the game against Huddersfield, uh, James Lutus. Uh, more need spec savers uh, and his man of the match was Shorrocks I didn't think the referee was, was, was too bad Paul do you think? No I wouldn't blame the defeat on the referee at all Rob I didn't really no I think there was, a, there was a, couple of, a couple of strange calls I think for obstruction or something like that but I don't really tend to watch much of the referee I'm too busy watching how poor we're playing but uh, no I, I don't think we blame the referee for Friday night yeah, Steve McCormack, too many errors. Uh, Chairman Bob, Chairman Bob, Slumberland sponsors Giants. His man of the match was uh, Josh Wood. Uh, Jamie Pilkinson, comeback Marwan, um, told me frame. Um, it was hard to pick. White line fever. Uh, his man of the match was Ryan. Uh, sorry, his man of the match was uh, Craig Copjack. Uh, Colin Reynolds, uh, middle eights. His man of the match was uh, Junior South. I don't. I don't think two points. First, first point is I don't think we're we resigned to the the middle eight just yet. I think we've still got games in the tank uh, to turn it round. And people, another one, Jamie Pilkinson, you know, trying to ask for Marwan Kukash back. You know, I, th- I think we've moved on from that. I think you know we've got a you know a, a sort of trust now that that are looking forward and looking to to help build the club. Uh, Marwan Kukash did what he did uh, for the club, but but for me, it's time to move on from that. Yeah, we go. It's a Marwan Kuka Rob, so I'm going to skirt round that one uh, before he get me wound up. Yeah. Well, um, no, what was the other one about middle eights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, people are going to be frustrated, aren't they? Because 
it's a defeat. It's a home defeat as well, and it's a home defeat against the side that are around you. But like you said, there we're one point behind Huddersfield now, um, outside of the top eight. We've got pivotal games now against Witness at home, Castleford at home, Hulkingston Rovers away, and Catalan Dragons away. Those sides that are in and around us, we need to beat them. You win those four games, I'll give you 18 points. That'll probably see you in the top eight. That I mean, yeah. I'm not a betting man, but you'd have a fair good chance of getting in the top eight. So if you can beat the sides around you now, we've, we've got some big games coming up, some big grand final games coming up. If we could go to Hull and sneak a win there, because they've got a few injuries at the moment. If we could go there, that, that'd be a massive shot in the arm for the confidence of the, of the club. If you lose there, that witness game then becomes absolutely vital. Done it. So there's some pressure games coming. So it's still, it's still, we've still got a chance. We've still got a fighting chance. So one point's nothing. So, uh, so yeah, I wouldn't say middle eight's just yet, but you know we need to start winning. Yeah, Paul Foster disagrees. Middle late looms. His man of the match is Junior Sal. Uh, Martin not good enough. His man of the match was uh, Junior Sal. Um, Ryan Ashton pack faded again. His man of the match was Junior Sal. Bob Sutton not good enough. Um, Stephen, not good enough. I suppose, like you say, people are frustrated, you know, about the performances. But the, the players are trying; they're working hard. And, and as fans, we can't ask for any more than that. No, and we've been worse than this before, haven't we? We've been oh, yeah. on bad runs before. And back the other day, and I thought, I mean, you read all this stuff what people say, and you know, I've watched Salford thirty years now, and you think well, I've never really seen much success anyway. So I'm surprised at the way we're struggling. And I think back to last season. I think perhaps. Support expectation levels got raised a bit last season after such a good run in the league and winning winning some fantastic away games and getting to the semi-finals of the cup. And I think it does, despite the changes and and the, the personnel that's left. People forget that, don't they? they you know, you, it's, it's human. It's human nature, and you? your your expectations get risen. And at the moment, we're struggling. At we're struggling off the field, and we're struggling with the size of the squad. We've got no academy. We've got no reserve team. So really. To be in the, with a shout with the top eights anyway, perhaps we're batting above average anyway. So you sometimes you've got to be, be realistic about um, about your aims, aren't you? And I don't know. I was thinking today, is it the being? Of course, you want to be in the in the top league, but on the other side of the coin, I don't want to be negative here. But you go down like league went down. You get a parachute payment. Not, no, I'm not saying for one minute I want us to get relegated, but you get that parachute payment, you get a regroup, and, and Lee look a lot stronger now. We went there a few weeks ago in the Cup, didn't we? And they look a lot stronger, squad, field, and perhaps do, do we need that? Do we need to go down and, and come? Because at the moment, we are struggling at that top level. We're struggling for attendances, aren't we? And, you know, I don't want people to say to me, oh, Paul's dead negative, he wants us to get relegated. I don't, not, not at all. I want the best for Solver Rugby League the way I always have done, but at this moment in time, I'm not sure where our future lies. I think it's I think it's important that we 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 kind of have to stay in in the Super League. But then you think having a is is having a Salford more important than having? Of course you know, it is. Yeah. Oh, so that's the, so that's the bottom line, isn't it? Whatever your division you're going to be in, you're going to you're going to you're going to follow the Reds, aren't you? Whether they're in the Super League or whether whether in in the Championship. Like the the only problem with with playing in the Championship, the incomes probably. I know half at least of what of what you've got now, and you the bills don't have to. They still stay where they are. So you you're losing half your income, but you've still got to pay. You know what you've got to pay. So I think part yeah. of the thing in Super League is you've got 
you know, a lot of money slush, slushing around with sponsorships and that, and it's a bit more difficult outside. I'm not saying it's impossible because, you know, like you say, teams like, you know, Featherstone and, and Lee, you know, and, and you know, they're, they're able to, you know, to entice people in. But, you know, them teams aren't surrounded by Man United and Man City and, and lots of other things around them that, that might distract them. So, you know, their fan base. So, you know, it's, it's difficult. It's a difficult thing that we've got, you know, got to contend with here, Paul. Uh, but I'm, I'm quite confident, you know, that, that, you know, the people in charge and, and Ian Watson, you know, they're going to work today. It's going to work, you know, it's going to work and they're going to get players in uh, eventually. Yeah, well, yeah. And it's going to be it's good. Right you say there about Manchester United, Manchester City, that we're always going to have that. We can never, ever get away from that. So for me, I think it's about time we forgot about them and, and just went our own way because you're never going to compete with them, but you're never going to get rid of them. They're always going to be there till, till hell freezes over, aren't they? So we've not got that, that to... I think we've just got to uh, just look at look beyond that now and, uh, and look to the to the future really. But I've seen people it was going it was like a meltdown, wasn't it, on Facebook yeah. and whatever. And after the Huddersfield game and people saying, "Oh, that's it, we're done, we get relegated." It's the end of the club. Why is it the end of the club if we get relegated? You look at Swinton now; they're getting four to five hundred. Aren't it's four to five hundred? We we've got like fifteen hundred, two thousand supporters there. So why would it be the end of the club if we were to get relegated? There is life outside Super League. Super League is not the be all and end all. But on the other hand, I don't want us to get relegated. I don't. But I don't think it, I'm not going to like go and jump in the canal if we do get relegated. So, you know, we'll still have a club. We're still going to support our team, aren't we? So, but let's let's try and get in this top eight. Yeah, I think that's the important thing. It's about being positive, Paul, and, and going for the results. Well, so, you know, top eight. We're still in the mix. We we did have it in our own hands, but obviously with injuries and 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 you know things like that, it slipped out of our hands. But it doesn't mean we can't get back there. Few few couple of wins in the next couple of weeks, and it's all rosy again. That, that's all you know we can hope for and you know I'm sure the players are going to you know turn it on they've, they've been frustrated you can tell that you know they've been uh, upset about the last few performances not been able to produce the fine performances that they have done you know uh, you know the last you know few months uh, and I'm sure you know they're going to be up for you know turning that round and you know reproducing the, the top eight in the Challenge Cup semi-final fam It's amazing what a win can do for your confidence Rob I think you know a win it puts Everybody in a good mood again, doesn't it? And gets everybody moving forward. You get on that losing run and you don't seem to have the buyer win. I mean, I remember, I think it was 99 under Andy Gregory, we lost about 12 on the bounce with something like that. And it, it just seemed like an eternity, you know, waiting for us to win a game. And, you know, eventually you'll, you'll get that win and, and turn things around. So just keep the faith, as uh, somebody once said, and I'm sure we'll be okay. Yeah, so that's the review of the Udderfield game. And next up, uh, we're going to look at all the big news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. So, this is the news coming out of Soul for Red Devils this week, Paul. Um, a Soul for Red Devils Foundation um, community report was released uh, today. Uh, what well, what they do in the community. And, you know, we've always said on the podcast that they do fantastic things. Uh, and this report shows it. Yeah, it certainly does. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of good work going on. There's a lot of good people, aren't there, who, who are volunteering and not getting paid and, and doing good things at the club. And I think that's a there's a lot of things to be positive about there. And that's what it's about, growing the club off the field and in the community and you know getting kids involved you know, from as early as early age as possible. And uh, that's that's the way forward be to, to grow the club, I think, in, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, you can download the, the report uh, from the official website. You click on the Facebook or the, or the Twitter link. Uh, just the highlights for me. 29 high schools, 116 primary schools, uh, Paul. You know, the kids in them schools and them high schools are the future of our club. And, you know, the, 
South Red Devil Foundation are, are in there, obviously promoting healthy lifestyle and, and, you know, the kids in the community, but giving them, you know, the chance to, to get involved in Salford and hopefully starting a, a long life relationship with the club. Yeah, definitely. We've got to sell it to, to these, these kids, haven't we? And make them aware of the club first. And probably a lot of them, like you said before, City and United are the big draw, aren't they, for the area? So we can get out in the sort of the wider Manchester area community. It's a massive area, isn't it? Rochdale, I was saying that to Andy Rosler, Rochdale, Bolton, Berry, Oldham. But first, we've got to conquer Salford, haven't we, first? And there's a lot of schools, a lot of kids there in that area. And if we can sell the players that we've got as well, the players have got to be role models, haven't they? And I'm sure they are. There's some good... Some good guys here, like a junior Sal, you know, good family man that he is, and he's a player to look up to for them kids. Well, Haraki, you know, people like that, Matt Flanagan, they're, they're, the, they're the names that the, the kids want to come and see, aren't they? I mean, hope I'm not missing any of the players out there, but you know, all of them really. So, some really good lads. So, let's let's sell it to these kids and, and get them involved as early as we can. Yeah, obviously, they got the community ticket uh, initiative as well, where they were trying to get local groups in, involved and, in, you know, Sort of buying a ticket to help them uh, generate cash for their for their uh, you know things as well. Very good things that they need to kind of like make sure that this kind of thing gets outside our South Red Devils bubble. And you're hoping you know with this report it gets put out there uh, and and you know people outside our bubble read it and think oh you know it, the club and the South Red Devils Foundation are doing fantastic uh, and let's get involved. Yeah, definitely. That's the key, Rob, I think. Getting outside the the bubble, as, as you call it. You know, getting people involved who perhaps never get a second thought, never watched it on the telly. They might see the good things that they're doing and think, oh, I'll get my children involved in that. And I think that's how you, you make people fall in love with, with the club. And um, I think getting the academy back, that, that's going to be a big thing as well. If we can do that, get get a player pathway again, because I think that's vital. Because it's not only, not only for the players, not every single player in your academy is going to make it and play first team rugby league for Salford and be a superstar for Salford. But it's going to get their family involved and, and get people talking about us. And that's how you grow your, how you grow your club. That's To me, that's what it's all about now, growth. Growing it and getting people involved in our club and talking about our club. Yeah, and also you talk about player development. Uh, over 300 players have gone through the England Pathway uh, you know, project they've got they got set up at the, uh, the Silver Devils Foundation. Also talking about the Category 3 Academy, which they've got as well. And, you know, these kids, you know, they will be the future of our game. And, you know, if they're able to go through our club and, and, and play rugby and get educated as well, it becomes, a bit of a lo- it becomes part of a loyalty thing to Salford, uh, which can only be a good thing, both on the field and off it. Of course it does, Rob. That's that's what it's all about. I mean, you know, I remember years ago, I used to when I lived in Rochdale and in places. I went to school up there, and a lot of the, a lot of the kids up there around sort of the nineties when I was watching Salford. You know, everyone used to say, "What are you watching them for?" It's like, well, my dad's from Salford, and I've been brought up. I've been going since I was five years old. And a lot of them kids were, were Bradford Bull supporters and Leeds supporters because they were sort of the, you know, big in the in the in the communities at the time. You know, with the the way they were, they had, you know, if you remember Bradford, Rob, they had, um, you know, they had Peter Deakin there and they had a really, really sort of um, good off the field, good community thing. They were getting 20,000 crowds there, weren't they? And they, they, were, they were pinching kids from the Rochdale, Oldham, Oldham area. And I mean, I think if you still go up there now, you'll go to the, the amateur clubs up there, you'll still find a, a good affinity. And, and that's what we need to grow. We need to get people, at, you know, at these amateur clubs wearing Salford shirts and talking about our club and... That, that's that's definitely the way forward, and that's how I think that's how to grow in the long run, grow, grow your attendances. Yeah. Um, other news, obviously, get a chance to read that Salford Devils Foundation community report. I advise you to do it because there's you know so much good stuff involved in that. Uh, so yeah, click on the click on the link and uh, 
have a butcher's at that. Uh, next bit of news, uh, there's a mental health session uh, taking place at the uh, Wilder uh, Spool. Is it Wilderspool? No, it's at Halliwell Jones Stadium in Warrington uh, on the 6th of June. They're looking to make a world record attempt, uh, Paul. Mental health is so important uh, for everyone. And, you know, I think it's really great uh, that both us and Warrington are getting involved in this to try and, uh, you know, promote that uh, to the supporters. It certainly is, yeah. You know, everybody's got, a, like, a mental health and a state of mind, haven't they? And I think, you know, sport is, and rugby league have, have been behind that, haven't they, with this, this state of mind round and things like that. It's a sport that cares rugby league, isn't it? And, uh, you know, wanting to a good club like like ourselves and we can get involved with, with them and, and promote that because, you know, people with, with mental illnesses and things like that, they, they need looking after, don't they? And they you know, I'm not a big health expert, but anything you can do to, to, to help people, vulnerable people like that, that's a, a positive step. And, uh, you know, I hope all that goes well. Yeah, and I think, obviously, people, some people find it hard, don't they, to, to reach out for help. And, you know, it's so important if you, if you do feel, you know, you, you, you just tell somebody. It, doesn't, it could just be anybody. No one will judge you. It's, it's just better if, if, if you can. Just if you're struggling, just let us know. Just let anybody know, and they will, and they will dig in for you. That's what you know. I experience with, with my mates. If, if everyone's, you know, someone's feeling down, you and, and 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 you know, help them out. And that's what I like to say. It's a rugby league thing. It's all about you know being together and and working hard. And you know, hopefully, you know, this kind of thing will will you know grow and grow, and people will get the help they need. Yeah, certainly, mate. I mean, if you you think about modern life now. We, Pretty stressful sometimes, isn't it? And I know, you know, friends and people like that who who suffer with, with things like depression and, and what have you. And you don't always know, and sometimes you're a bit shocked when you, you find out. And you, sometimes you just say you want to say to me, you know, just just speak to somebody. I think sometimes when you do talk to somebody and offload what's on your chest and you know share it with somebody, it becomes a, a bit of a less of a burden. There's an old saying isn't there, that a burden shared's a burden out, is it? Something like that. And you know. That's the way to go that we're doing there. I think it's great that and any if you can help anybody out like that, it's it's, uh, it's good. Yeah, uh, supporters trust news, uh, Paul uh, Adrian Marley. You spoke to him last week. Uh, his sportsman's dinners on the fifteenth of June at Beulah Park. Tickets are going out really well for that, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it's Friday the fifteenth, isn't it? Yeah, so I spoke to Adrian at Swinton Park Golf Club a couple of weeks ago, and he's really looking forward to it. it should be a really good night and. Supporters Trust are doing some great things. You know, they've got the buses on now. I think there's a second bus running now. They're hoping to get more more going. So uh, there's a lot, it's all going at the moment for uh, for Dave Campbell and the, and the people there. So we wish them all the best with that, what they're doing. And if you can get to that night, it should be a really good night as a comedian on. Uh, you can get in touch with... Uh, have we got the email addresses for Dennis and, and Cyan? Oh, you knew uh, you'd say that to me now. No, in a word. <laughs> but we, we, <laughs> we, can put, we'll, we'll put them up on the... I've yeah. not got my phone handy with them on, but we can put it up on the Facebook page anyway and get it shared. I've got a, a poster of it, so I'll, I'll put it up on the page tomorrow and we'll we'll get that shared. So just check the Facebook page out and you can contact Dennis or Cyan or, uh, or, or any of the guys at the Supporters Trust. And I think there's a link on there where you can get your tickets as well, so I'll, I'll get that posted up on the page. Yeah, I suppose uh, people, well, people listening to home, Paul, don't know that I'm using a new playout system and we're doing this like as live. So when if I don't have it under, it's not getting done. <laughs> well, basically, you're making an excuse there because we're not dead organised. <laughs> <laughs> basically. But yeah, you know, it, it sounds like it's going to be a great event. Uh, Adrian Marley, comedian, you know, if, if you can get down and, you, and you've got, you know, the spare cash, 
you know, get yourselves down there. It's going to be a great event. Um, final bit of news: uh, tickets for Hull, our next uh, our next game next Friday, uh, are available from the club. The club it's uh, twenty three pounds for adults, twenty one pounds for concessions. Uh, is it twenty five percent of every ticket sold goes back into the club as well, Paul? Which is really important. Uh, that if you go into Hull, buy your ticket from the club, and then the club gets something for it. Yeah, certainly. It's um, a bit of a trip to Hull on a Friday night. So. It's not the easiest place to get to from Salford, but you know, we, we need a bit of following up there, don't we? We need a bit of a siege mentality now. I think we spoke about that, didn't we? The supporters trust the uh, meeting last was it last Monday with Ian Blees turned up and Ian mentioned that um, siege mentality a few times. I think we need that now. We all need to get behind the lads and get behind Ian. No point in moaning about stuff. Now we need to get there and roar them on because you know we could turn we could turn it all over, you know, we had a good performance up there, we can we can win that. So you can get down there, get your tickets and uh, let's take a big following in turn the black and white is over yeah coaches are going up to uh, Hull as well uh, £16 Pickers at, pick up at Shanders at 5 to 4 the Royal Sovereign at 5 past 4 Eccles Town Hall at 20 past 4 the Dog and Partridge Salford number 1 supporters pub uh, at half 4 and then the AJ Bell at 4.45 so you're kind of hoping for a big following uh, at such a crucial crucial game and you know it's great that the club have, have managed to get a coach on because uh, Hull's a long way and you know if you don't Fancy driving, it's the ideal thing to do. Yeah, it's just trekking it going well, especially with the, the, the motorways. Now, it's funny, um, our friend Gareth Walk, you know, the journalist, the very good journalist, Gareth Walk, excellent journalist, Daily Mirror, he's been on our podcast. I, I follow him on Twitter. I'm, I don't really know what I'm doing on Twitter, as I've told you before, but I go on it a couple of times a week and I've checked it out a few times on a Friday night when Gareth's been uh, reporting at various rugby league grounds up and down the um, sort of the north north region. And um, some of the stories he says, I think he lives in Rochdale, and I think trying to get back on the M62, he's had some right nightmares where he's had to go right round and, you know, take divers, you know, because of all the roadworks that are on there at the moment. And uh, I live I live in Moston, and when I come home from the AGA Bell, some, some nights it, it can take me over an hour to get back, you know, it's like a 10-mile journey because of the, the motorways at the moment, so they had a bit of a pain, aren't they? So, if you can go on a coach and let someone else do the driving, it's uh, it's a bit easy, you can have a pint then, can't you, and just chill out and have a sleep on the way home. <laughs> I'll be celebrating all the way back after a fantastic win. Yeah, yeah, be singing all the way home. <laughs> so that's all the news coming out of Salford Devils uh, this week. Uh, next up on the Devil in the Detail, we have Paul Whiteside's Amateur Report, talking about RL Amateur Sides and what they did with the fixtures and results this week. Right, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report. We'll start off with the National Conference Leagues. with just two results at the weekend just gone. Both our Oldham sides were in action in Division 3 of the Northwest Conference Leagues, and they were both beaten. Oldham St. Anne's went down 44 points to 24 away at Barrow Island, and Waterhead Warriors were beaten at home to Millham by 30 points to 18. The fixtures for this coming weekend, Saturday the 2nd of June, it's West Hull against Rochdale Mayfield. In the Premier Division and in Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's play Salford City Roosters and Waterhead Warriors are at home to the Gateshead Storm. Well, moving on to the North West Men's League, we'll start off with the results from the weekend just gone, Saturday the 26th of May. In Division 2, Oldham St. Anne's A48, Lee East A6. Manchester Rangers had a terrific win. They were won away from home at Leyland Warriors by 58 points to 6. Barry Broncos were beaten away at Wigan St. Jude's A by 24 points to 18. In Division 3, West Horton Lions 46, Eccleston Lions 30. Division 4, 
It was Blackpool Scorpions 24, Caddies and Rhinos 40. Another great win for the Caddies and Rhinos there. And Saddleworth Rangers, eh? they had a good win. They won away to Colchester Eagles by 42 points to 28. Division 5, Berry Broncos, a 8, New Spring Lions 28. Littleborough 42, Latchford Albion, a 12. And the fixtures for this week are as follows. They're all these games. Saturday the 2nd of June, Premier Division, it's Folly Lane against Shevington Sharks. Division 1, Rochdale Mayfield, A against Walmley Central. Division 2, Lee East, A against Manchester Rangers. Oldham St. Anne's, A against Wigan St. Jude's, A. Division 3, Burton Woodbridge versus West Horton Lions. Chester Gladiators against Langworthy Reds. Division 4, Runcorn against Caddyshead Rhinos. Division 5, Bolton Mets against Latchford Albion, A. Berry Broncos, A against Ryland Sharks. Higginshaw against Thatto Heath Crusaders, B. And Spring View A against Littleborough. We'll turn our attentions now to the Northwest Youth League. There was one result on Wednesday, the 23rd of May, under 18's Premier Division. Waterhead beat Lee East by 50 points to 6. The rest of the results were on Sunday, the 27th of May. And in the under 18's Premier Division, it was Blackbrook 32, Waterhead 22. In the under 16's Division 1, Oldham St Anne's 36, Blackbrook 10. Division 2, Saddleworth 28, Wigan St Cuthbert's 18. West Horton 4, Waterhead 36. And the fixtures for this coming Sunday, the 3rd of June, in the under 18's Premier Division, it's Wigan St Patrick's against Waterhead. Inns Bridge against Oldham St Anne's, that's a Division 1 fixture. Division 2, Burtonwood against Saddleworth and Folly Lane against Charlie. And in the under 16's Division 1, it is Folly Lane against Charlie Panthers. Oldham against Oldham St Anne's against Barrow Island. Division two of the under sixteen is Langworthy against Thatto Heath. Waterhead against Wigan St Pat's. Wigan St Cuthbert's against West Horton. Saddleworth against Warnley Central. And Division three, Lee East are at home to the Salford City Roosters. Well, Student Rugby League, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, England universities took on the New Zealand students. New Zealand, who had lost the previous week. In the test match against England, 42 points to four, and were also defeated 29-0 by the Leeds Beckett in the tour opening match. We'll return home in much happier frame of mind after a deservedly accounting for a lacklustre England in a final match of their trip. They beat the England universities by 26 points to 10. That was at Kingston Park in Newcastle on Saturday. So well done to New Zealand students and well done to the England universities on, uh, on some really competitive matches there. Uh, staying with the uh, amateur news, now a full programme of 2018 Champion Schools Finals has been confirmed by the Rugby Football League. Wembley remains the venue for the Stephen Mullaney Memorial Boys Year 7 decider, which will be played as a curtain raiser to the Challenge Cup final on the 25th of August, that's a Saturday. The other seven finals, meanwhile, will no longer will be played in the London area on the eve of the Challenge Cup final. The games have been moved north after several years at Richmond and Uxbridge and will take place at Victoria Park, Warrington on Friday the 6th of July. Well, there is a local school involved a lot of the schools are in sort of Yorkshire and around the Wigan area but one of our local schools St Peter's of Manchester they're in it this time it's the girls year 9 St John Fisher of Dewsbury against St Peter's from Manchester so we wish all the girls there of year 9 of St Peter's all the very best in that final Right, well, before I leave you in peace this week, don't forget there's no fixture for Salford Red Devils at the weekend. It is Challenge Cup action. There's, if you're missing your rugby league fix, as I said before, there's quite a lot of amateur games there. You can visit on Saturday and Sunday. But there's Challenge Cup action as well. We'll start off Thursday the 31st of May. It's the quarter-final tie between Huddersfield Giants and Catalan Dragons. If you've got te uh, television, Sky Television that is, most people have got television, that game's on Sky, uh, 1935, 7.35 uh, between Huddersfield Giants and Catalan. I almost read you out my prediction there as well. I wrote in Byron next to it, but I won't give you that. On Friday the 1st of June, the Ladbrokes Challenge Cup quarter-final tie. <coughs> Excuse me, it's Leeds Rhinos against Leeds Centurions at Headingley. 
that's a 7.35 kickoff as well. I'm, I think that one's on Sky as well. So Sky Television Friday night. And the other two quarterfinals, there's one on Saturday afternoon between Warrington and Wigan. That's a 2.30 kickoff on TV. And Sunday, the 3rd of June, St. Helens take on Hull FC in the final quarterfinal. That's a half three kickoff. So that's all I've got for you this week. Yes, as I said before, there's no match for Salford. We play again now a week on Friday against Hull FC. I shall catch you then. So that was Paul's amateur report. And next up on the Devil of the Deal pod- podcast, uh, Paul speaks to Andy Rosler about his vision for Salford Devils in the future. Right, well, for a special part of this week's Devil in the Detail podcast, I'm delighted to say I've been joined by Andy Rosler over the phone, Andy. Um, nice to speak to you, director of the club, Andrew Rosler. Very busy time at the moment. It is very busy, yes. Um, thankfully, we've got a game off, so we've got a game this week, which enables us to carry out some of the um, carry out some more activity off the pitch, which is much needed. Um, enables us hopefully to get a couple of injuries back um, and, and really take stock on, on what's happened, what's been happening the last few the last few weeks. The the crucial thing from our perspective is just to is just really to get as much information out there to the to the to, to, to the fans to reassure them uh, in terms of the path the club's going, um, and also to explain some of the uh, probably kind of uh, you know, yeah, I don't know some of some of the some of the confusion and frustrations that I know um, really frustrates the fans. Before we come to the, the the pathway that the club's going on to, I know a lot of supporters have been uh, have been asking recently, haven't they, about um, about signings and are we looking into bringing people? I know it's a, it's a difficult time. No clubs really want to sell players or get rid of players at this stage of the season. Has it been frustrating? Because there's been a few players that have just been, you know, I think the Matty Russell one was taken from under our nose. Has it? How difficult has it been for for Ian Watson and and, and his coaching staff? It, it, yeah, it is. I mean, so, so you are correct. I think there's a lot of. Um, with, with, with injury problems so they're holding, hanging on to them um, there are also a few clubs that are perhaps wondering whether in the, when the, they're going to be in the top eights or the middle eights um, a lot of players are, are coming out of, of, of contracts and they're undecided so there's a lot of activity with, with agents so yeah I think the position the club needs to be in is when it has a target and the target is, is, is ready to, you know, is, 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 is willing to come to the club. We need to be a lot more decisive and just think with, you know, kind of various <coughs> circumstances of the club. Some, you know, we, we just need to be absolutely um, dead set certain that it's the right player um, and that we're being sensible in terms of the financial commitment. Um, that is obviously frustrating for the for the coach because he wants, you know, the, he wants all the players yesterday. Um, genuinely hand on heart you know there's probably been two or three where we've we've thought we've got them over the line um, and then they've had their head turned at the last minute with something which probably is you know beyond our reach so that is that is frustrating and you know we've been you know we've been at, we've been at this now for a number of months trying to bring people in so there are um, there are some targets at the moment that, that we're hopeful about um, the, the difficulty we have and you know I think most clubs will um, testifies that there probably is a lack of quality in, in, in certain positions. You know, we're all clamouring for, for some key positions uh, and the clubs aren't willing to weaken their 
we can then want to, uh, you know, for our benefit. So, you know, you're then having to look overseas, which means, you know, there's more of it, more of a delay, more of a gamble, more, you know, there's, there's more, more expense. So hopefully we'll bring in, um, you know, some, some, uh, additions in the in, in the very near future. What I'm not going to do is promise names. I'm not going to promise timescales. We're just working round the clock to do all we can. Yeah, certainly. Just just staying with the rugby side for a minute. I mean, Ian Ian's job was you know his back was against the wall early early stages with Manu Vatavaya, a big signing there, not able to 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 play a game due to injury. Chris Brining, two two players there, two key players as well that were lost before a ball was kicked this season. And when you've only got a small squad. It's it's uh, putting Ian behind the eight ball straight away, isn't it? Yeah, obviously you can you can also go back to the back end of last season with um, um, with with Benny Murdoch um, this year with um, Gazza O'Brien, Mano Vatavai. And if it, yeah, if it wasn't, I mean, not just for Ian, for everyone involved in the club. You, you know, two weeks before the start of the season, you get the go ahead from the RFL. Um, one of your your high profile players. Before the, you know, before the uh, first game of the season, um, you know, so if it, it really couldn't have gone any kind of worse, really, in terms of that opening, um, and obviously, you know, you have to still manage the uh, manage the, 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 the financial position of, of, of the club contract still has to be paid, um, so it was a struggle already, and then you know we kind of lose you know a couple of players like Josh Jones, for example, uh, who's injured and Chris. Brining, who you mentioned in another key position, um, you know, and it, it, you know, a, a difficult position became even, uh, you know, even even more difficult. So, um, you know, that's why it's, you know, it's a real scrap, you know, kind of back to the wall mentality at the moment, pulling together and, you know, and trying to dig ourselves out of it. How how busy have you been recently, Andy, with uh, with the community things that are going on? I know the supporters trust have been uh, have been doing some good work. I was down at their uh, their night a few weeks ago in in Walkden, which which Ian Blees came to, and I thought Ian spoke really well. Uh, how how busy have you been off the field with things? Um, probably too busy. And by that I mean, um, you know, we we need to be need to be in a position where to get fans interested, motivated, excited to get in the club and maybe new maybe new supporters from different areas, businesses, um, the local media, the community at the community at, at, at large, the city council, the university. We need to do everything all at once as quickly as possible with little time, no resource working on um, friendships, arm-twisting, collaborations, cajoling. So we haven't really got the luxury of, of taking our time with a long-term strategy because, you know, if we're not in the Super League, um, you know, a lot of that is, you know, significantly, uh, you know, significantly, um, you know, kind of hijacked, really. So I think... The key for for us is is to allay all the years and years of frustration, um, lack of lack of interest. Maybe not just in the club, but maybe the sport itself. Convincing people to do to come back to the club when they've probably found something else to do. They've got something else to spend the money on. Um, 
maybe this certain generation, a generation that we've that, that we've probably lost by uh, one reason or the other. So it's it's repairing all those you know long-term heels as quickly as possible. But I'm quite confident that we can put together a vision for the club that makes commercial sense, that probably gets people interested again and maybe something they can buy into, whether they're new, existing, lost fans, whether they're businesses that think, you know, well, you know, we kind of like what's happening, whether the people in the community that maybe feel that the city of Salford doesn't really have anything um, to kind of latch on to, something to, to be to be, to be proud of. So, you know, these are really, and Ian Watson alluded to it in his, his, his press conference, these are, you know, 20, 30 year issues or even some things that have never been, that never been thought of before that we need to do, you know, we need to do almost, almost overnight. And, you know, for, 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 for my perspective, um, you know, I've still got a, still got a business to run there's not that many pairs of pairs of hands um we need to be getting you know we need to be delivering this vision in a matter of, of two or two or three weeks just to get just to get enough people um kind of re-motivated to get to get interested in the club again and what i wouldn't what, what i would say is you know the kind of collection bucket mentality that's not really going to inspire people we need to say that we're doing things we are going to do things very differently, um, not just for the club, but for the benefit of the whole the whole sport and and the region in general. Yeah, I think as you look at the game now from from like an outsider's point of view, I think other sides as well. You, there's, there's there's teams in that Super League who've had an awful lot of success maybe in the last ten or fifteen years, and their crowd really, and so you know, gaping you know at the seams. But with with Salford, like you said before. It's, it's been 40, 42 years since a major trophy there. So there's an awful lot of people who sort of only ever known mediocrity. And it, like you said there, it's, I think you've hit the nail on the head, Andy. It's, it's hard to, to turn that round overnight. And, and I was in Ian's press conference on, on Friday, and uh, last Friday, and, and, he, and he did it. The way he spoke, it, it was true. He was saying it's not just something, you know, for this season. I'm trying to solve things that have been that have been there for, for, for a long time now. So it is, it's a big job, but it's a job that needs doing quickly. It is, and just had um, you know about an hour with uh, with him now actually, and um, you know again we both want you know we both want the want the same things. He's very realistic in terms of, of where we are, but also disappointed because um, you know he's got to motivate that squad to perform and also give them the belief that you know the club's going to be around uh, and it, and and that there's a you know that we've that we've got a future to be to be part of but he, he certainly kind of buys into everything um, we're doing but realistically the players are interested in um, you know where, 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 where the club's going to be you know in the, in the short term and you know how we're going to get any new players to you know to, to, to give them a little bit of a them a little bit of a boost but you mentioned the thing about um, the 40, 42 years right I, I can't remember what we meeting um, not not a senior trophy, and it's I think in twenty years time it's it's the hundred years since our one and only Challenge Cup win, and just kind of ironically, I was um, listening, was watching the newsreel of that um, a few days ago, and it 
and it referred to the fact that eight out of our thirteen were uh, were from were from Wales. So yeah, even back in 1938, that great team still wasn't full of local players. So you've really got to think the things we're doing now that are going to put in place a greater Manchester-wide strategy of play development, and that's not. Um, I don't think that's a, a pipe dream because you know anybody that is is following the the, the World Cup bits, they have to be in July, and, and the whole of Greater Manchester is is coming together to promote rugby league. It's only three years, and from really July um, and for the next three years, there will be plans in place to develop long-term and sustainable um, increased participation in rugby league in that whole area. So that really matches perfectly what we want to do and um, falls into our lap so it would be just an incredible shame if um, this region didn't have a Super League club so that's what you know the, the, the fact that significant funding available for that World Cup the whole of the, of the, of the county is behind the sport it's going to be more you know there's going to be more visibility um, generally commercially in the community I think we've really got to em- embrace that and, and make that you know a significant partnership in, in terms of our development so yes whilst that's long term the benefits will start now because people will see actually it's not a pipe dream it, it could be a reality and, and quite a, quite an exciting thing to be to be part of so um, I, I, you know yes at the moment we need to make sure that you know, we do everything, we scrap and survive to stay in, in Super League. Um, next year, you know, we should be in the, the best position we've, we've been in for, for years because obviously we may have, may have de-shackled ourselves of, of some of the debt and we may have put in some of the, may have put in place some of the things that the fans really care about, which is the club being more visible and active in the community, us deliver, delivering a lot of, um, kind of non-rugby-related well-being in the city, whether that's increased uh, participation in sport, uh, increased um, kind of mental health support and, and well-being, whether that's more rugby, uh, our first team has turned up at community games, <coughs> more kids playing the sport, more girls playing the sport, having uh, um, you know, probably more families uh, maybe trying the sport for the first time and also making it commercially something that businesses have got you know a, genu- a genuine reason to to get behind so all those things you know, as I said before haven't been done at all or for years um, and the, you know the, the, the kind of the building blocks the body started but maybe some of those uh, the kind of the the, 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 the the kind of rewards from, from some of those efforts could be seen very, you know, the early part of, of next year. So I'm really hopeful um, that when we deliver this um, vision, um, you know, in the next in the next few weeks, that people see it as honest and realistic and genuinely something to get to get excited about. Yeah, definitely. Just to put a positive spin on that, Andy. So 
No, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but I know we've we've spoke about quite a few things where we're looking towards the future, but there's some good things going on now. I know um, Ian Blees and Ian Watson were down at Hotwood College, I think last week, looking at young players down there, and with us being, I know you've got Wigan and those sort of sides in Greater Manchester, but sort of the North Manchester area, Oldham, Rochdale, Bury, Bolton, we're the premier sort of rugby league side in that area, and and how how important is this sort of catchment space of, of amateur clubs, junior clubs? You know, in this area, for you to tap into that Oldham talent, Rochdale talent, all around that area, it must be it must be exciting because there's an, an awful lot of potential there. Well, well, there is, and, and again, we've we've it's, you know we've been trying to refine this pathway because it isn't it's not just about an academy in reserves. It's about having the infra- having the infrastructure um, right from you know right from a five year old to the to the first team, but also being very inclusive so that we're we're influencing the development of, of kids whether they're whether they're good enough for the you know to pay professional rugby league or not but and then this is why it's, it's taken a lot of <clears throat> a lot of time um you know we've not really cracked Salford yet so you know we need to be we need to make sure that it's you know you know we're giving Salford our our best shot. There are a number of colleges that we're speaking to as well that may be inclined to mirror what we've got here at our Category 3 Academy, um, what we're doing with Hotwood Hall. So hopefully that will be um, a Red Devils um, a Red Devils affiliated academy. Um, and there's some other towns as well that have got ambitions to do this, the same thing. Um, as I said before, the Rugby League World Cup will demand some legacy planning so we can probably use that and you know with our existing strategy to get more school kids playing um, the sport we've sent out the um, free season ticket offer to any under 18 in Greater Manchester that's, that's uh, with a community club so again that's that, that's that's not done that's not been done before and also working with the universities and supporting that we obviously want to make sure that we have got a, a network of employers that are willing to give um, some of those some of these young lads an opportunity to maybe take an apprenticeship with them, but also be released to play rugby league with with us. But that's just on a, a kind of trialist basis or um, just a bit of experience. And you know, you mentioned um, Hotwood Hall, for example. So there's a couple of kids there we're looking at. Um, they have got an alternative kind of preferred career, whether that's engineering or being electricians or whatever. So we can, you know, we have got partnerships with businesses that are willing to to support them. So it becomes um, rather than not, not I wouldn't say pigeonhole, but rather than have a, having a um, a kind of all or nothing focus on being a professional rugby player, it's responsible for us as a club and to the to the parents to say, yes, it would be great if you um, could become a professional rugby league player, but, but if you don't, a we've got you know a bunch of academic institutions that are willing to um, to look after you, and or there'll be a number of um, businesses or professional firms that will that will give you a chance and that can extend right the way through their career and and post career so it's never been done before like that and it sounds very ambitious but i think we do have to set our set our stall out and be you know the best off the pitch with our resources 
uh, based on partnerships and collaborations we can um, and probably exceed well far exceed um, you know what 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 other clubs need to do uh, and if we can do that and get that right then it really sets us up well for um, for, for, for the future years. Yeah, well, I, to be honest with you, I think you've just hit the nail on the head there where you said about, you know, not everybody's going to make it as a top professional rugby league player, but because there's that many attractions in this area, I think it's very important that we get people to to fall in love with Salford again. And I think if you're if you're being a part of it, whether you're playing at junior level, or it doesn't mean to say you're going to be a professional player, but your family then sort of has an affiliation for Salford Rugby League Club then, don't they? And I think that's important to, to spread the name of the club and, and get people to fall in love with it and get people to be, to take part in it. And I think um, I think going forward, that's the, that's the future we have to look for, isn't it? It is, but I'm also, um, without wanting to kind of, without wanting to become um, the local authority, so, you know, the sort of challenges our community, most communities have are based on lack of opportunity, lack of community, lack of um, you know, like, financial challenges, physical challenges. So there's lots of research and there's lots of, you know, kind of, there's lots of organisations that are, are, are trying to, to motivate more people to, to get involved in and to do more things as a family um, and also to to give them a break from you know maybe some of the, 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 the daily strife now we're already working with people that have, can demonstrate um, that you know the benefits of physical activity equate to you know in you know increased well-being productivity and maybe you know if somebody has if, if somebody is um, maybe in, they're in a bit of a, a rut that affects uh, you know that affects their stress levels which causes anxiety and mental health issues and and uh, absence of sickness from from the workplace so we're already working with some organizations that will partner with us and we can perhaps deliver um perhaps with a greater reach because of our brand or our loyalty certain initiatives that are going to re-motivate people to get involved in any physical activity now that might be walking from one side of the, the street to the other um but we'll be doing that as part of as part of the club so even though on the face of it you could think well that was good that's not going to make a scrap of difference of course it does because it's from a you know from a delivery perspective we're doing certain things that may improve you know the, the lives how 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 kind of insignificant it may sound um you know we're doing that bit by bit over a period of of time constantly with the with the Salford brand we already deliver here as a private the offload program we've got plans to deliver that on a far bigger scale we know we're going to get the buy-in from some of the large agencies in in Salford including you know hopefully Salford City Council so we can help Salford City Council deliver some of the essential services that they need it does sound a bit like a pipe dream given that we've got limited resources but we're already doing these sorts of things anyway which we're just now attracting um you know private sector and other organizations that, that can help us deliver it so people's kind of experience and engagement with the club will become a lot more regular a lot more meaningful than just turning up to a game and you know that all helps because you 
know, other than the kind of great benefits that's going to that's going to deliver, it, it excites businesses to get in, to, to, to get involved. It attracts different bits of funding. It, it attracts great PR for the um, for the for the business uh, for, for the um, for the club. And you know, in addition in in addition to that, there'll be other fundraising activities and you know, kind of the, 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 the promotion of the of the lottery where people can just do a little bit with the club. But every 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 week of the year, so you know that is a you know it's a very ambitious plan. But we're already doing most of that anyway. It's just a case of, to some degree, coordinating it. Um, and if it's scaled, maybe it's something that can be commercialised. It all sounds really exciting, Andrew. I mean, you've you've cheered me up after after last Friday. It does it does sound really exciting stuff that that could be happening. How, how important do you think this, this, the the uh, the role that supporters trust plays? I know they've been working quite hard recently, and you know they they only got formed in October. They've been doing uh, doing events and and things like that. You've you've been to a, a, one of them yourself. How, how important do you think uh, their role is in with the club going forward? Well, supporters generally the lifeblood of the. Of and how we engage with each other and them and, 
and all the rest of it. Um, if we can get this, if we can get this right, and we can make our income, um, we need to very quickly. Our income can't depend on a benefactor. And as 2021 approaches, when the Sky contract is up, can we, you know, can we get to that period where we don't even, um, we're not totally dependent on the Sky money? That would be an amazing place to get to. And because we have to do it, um, we've, we've probably got a better chance of getting there, perhaps, than some of the other clubs that may be still relying on, on, on benefactors and, and haven't got that kind of desperation to fix things. Now, we're starting with, you know, with the lowest supported clubs, we've probably got the lowest income, we've got no, we've got, we've got no benefactor, um, and we have no particular time to prepare for it. So it's pretty astonishing if we can, if we can, if we can pull this off. Um, and hopefully that will, if people see that they have got a huge part to play in something that is sustainable and positive, rather than sticking a plaster on something that is, you know, perennially going to disappoint them and, and going to fail, um, then I think we've got a real chance. What would your message be to the Salford supporters for the rest of the season? I know, just 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 talking there, we're doing okay, really. I know we've dropped out of the top eight, but to be, to be even up there and, and, and challenging for that top eight with with the size of the squad and and things like that, we are doing pretty well, aren't we? So, what would you say to the supporters just to just to rally them for the rest of the season, Andy? Yeah, I'm not going to say <clears throat> stick be you know turn up, stick with us, um, you know, ignore what goes on the pitch. Because I, I, I don't think that's gonna—I don't think that's gonna wash. Um, what I'm gonna say is—is is, you know, think about what it means to be a Salford fan. Think about why you got involved. Um, reflect on the last five to ten years. Um, have you been happy with that? What could you change? And then keep an open mind in terms of of what we're going to deliver in the next um, maybe four to four to five weeks keep you know keep a real open mind and then get excited about that believe that there's there's a genuine um reason to have some hope in the future and then it can be and and, and, you know if we if we if we work at this together it can be the club that we've always wanted it to be but we've always been disappointed so um the only way we're going to make this club in, into that position is having that belief and and working together. Andy, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for joining me on Devon in the Detail and taking the time out of your busy schedule to be with us tonight. Okay, okay, anytime. Cheers, Paul. So that was Andy Rosler talking to you, Paul. Very, very positive from Andy Rosler about all the things he covered. Yeah, it was good of Andy to to ring us up and, and have a chat. You know, he's a very busy man. Don't forget, Andy's got his his business that he runs as well. So he's putting an awful lot of time into to Salford and, and, and this responsibility, this role that, he, that he's took on. And you know, I think he's he's working really hard, and it must be it must be a lot of stress to take on that. I mean, you think about your lifestyle or whoever who's listening now, and you think about your your own life and your work life and that. And everybody's getting stressed, don't they, and all that. But you know, running a rugby league club as well on top of and especially with the, the situation at the moment. He must have a lot of sleepless nights and I don't really envy him at all. So, uh, so yeah, just keep doing what you're doing, Andy. Keep your, keep your chin up and I'm sure we're going to be all right. He's, he spoke about a lot of positive things and I think, there's, I think there's things to look forward to. I think, you know, 
we'll be hopefully hearing some good, good news soon. Yeah, he talks about trying to make you know more of a community club, getting both fans and businesses involved, uh, and that's important. I think it's important that he's engaging with the the local businesses in the area to, to try and obviously in, increase our you know cash flow into the club, uh, and that's that's the important thing. If obviously without uh, sort of a Marwan Q cash figure and being able to spend all the big money, you need uh, you know that that money coming into clubs in different ways and you know having a, a you know the community club run like that with with businesses backing it uh, it's only gonna be a good thing and you know he's doing a good job and hopefully more to come yeah it's like we said before Rob I think the the word's growth in it you want the club to grow and for the club to grow you've got to get people involved you've got to get businesses involved and that's the only only way you're going to get better and we've got potential we've got massive potential the, the place where we are I know people say only oh, grounds in the wrong place and all that We've got potential. We've got that Travers Centre. We've got all the links, all the, the businesses in Salford, you know, Media City, that right there. You know, the BBC's right there. We've got an opportunity now to, you know, there, there must be people who live at Media City and all that. Who've got any? Let's get them watching Salford. Get them following Salford. They're they're your local side. I'm convinced that, that we can take off. I really am. You know, I have to say I'm deluded or whatever, but I think we can. We've got a great stadium, great facility there. And, no, let's let's make it work. We've got massive potential. Yeah, I think the important part of it was about engagement with with the fans and kind of fixing the the problems of of that the club have experienced over the, like the last five ten years. And has sort of him being a fan, you know, he's seen that, and now he has the opportunity to try and fix it. Might be short term pain to for long term game in this situation, that, and that's a good thing because obviously lots of things have anchored us down, haven't they, through through the years? And you know, if we can solve them and, and fix that up, you know, our club can grow and grow. Yeah, it certainly can. It certainly can, Rob. There's, there's definitely potential there, and I'm sure there is. I think <clears throat> I won't say we was a sleeping giant. Sometimes people use that word sleeping giant. I'm not so sure about that, but I think there's this potential there for us. You know, you talk about competing with lots of Leeds and Wigan. Yeah, maybe, maybe in, in, in years to come we can. Maybe we, maybe we never will. You, you don't know, do you? But I think we can move on to the next level. I think we're, we're punching below our weight at the moment, I think, in, in the Super League. I think we can we can do better than what we're doing. And if we can grow the club and get people involved, get people to buy into us and get our name out there and get people to love us, I think we, we've got every chance. Yeah, but I thought he was realistic as well. He wasn't, you know, saying big statements. He was, he was kind of like outlining, you know, where we were and, and where we we're going to go. And you know, that's what you want in your leadership. You want people to be honest and you want people to be straight and 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 let you know, you know, what the plans are and where we go with it. And you know, I listening to it, Paul. I thought he was spot on, uh, and it's only you know good things to come for me. Yeah, definitely. I think you you got to walk before you can run, Robbie. You can't make daft statements. I know when when Marwan Kukash was 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 there. A lot of it seemed to be like that with him, wasn't it? Oh, we'll do this, we'll do that, we'll do the other. You've got to put the foundations down first, otherwise you're never going to get nowhere. You can throw a load of money at crazy signings and jettison your youth and get rid of all that, but you've got to have the building blocks and, and it falls flat on its face, which is what we did basically, what we then Marwan walked away. So there's no longevity in something like that. I think you've got to build from the bottom, you know, what before you, you can run. Get, get, your, get your footings in place, get your youth in place, get your... I'm no good at these big words, but you know, get get the public behind you and get people into it. And I think you you can grow and grow, but you've got to start from the bottom. And that's what he's doing for me. He's, he's, he knows so, where yeah. the yeah. yeah, he knows where the problems lie, and he's he's fixing it. 
and, and sometimes the older solutions aren't sexy. They're not, you know, headline grabbing, you know, uh, storylines that people are going to get excited about. It's just a matter of, you know, investing in the club enough to, to and raise enough, you know, cash to run academy. I know it's it's not sexy. People aren't going to, you know, you're not going to sell the front page in the evening news out on on that. But that's what it is. It's it's just about building the club uh, from from the bottom up, piece by piece, and and that's what they're doing. Yeah, it's about becoming self-sustainable first, Rob. You don't want to, if you've got a business, you don't want it to be like losing loads of money every day. You don't want it like British Rail or something, losing like millions and millions of pounds a day. You want to be self-sustainable and I think that's the first thing for us. Let's get self-sustainable. Let's, you know, we're not losing millions and millions of pounds every year and, and then you can start growing from that. You've got to put the footings in place first. It's like when you're building a house, you've got to get the foundations first. You can't do a Marwan Kukash and put the roof on first, can you? Because no disrespect to him, but I think that's, what he tried to do, wasn't it? And it doesn't work that. It, it will never work that. I don't think in a sport that rugby league can. So, you know, I think the way things are going now, you know, it might be frustrating because, you know, it could be a long-term thing. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. It's going to take you know, a while. It's going to... I'm not one of these people who say, oh, it's a five-year plan, it's a ten-year plan. It happens when it happens. You've just got to do each thing at a time and uh, you've just got to wait and be patient. Yeah, so big thanks for Andy to, for speaking to us uh, on the Devil and Detail and being honest about you know where the club were going and, and what his plans were. I thought it was a really good listen. Yeah, it certainly was. Thanks very much, Andy. So that was our little chat with Andy about the club. And next up, we're going to be talking about the, uh, the game against Hull next Friday. It's time for the Devil and the So, we face Hull away on Friday, Paul. Massive game, uh, considering we've had a week off. It gives the players, and Ian Watson, a chance to organise it all and hopefully orchestrate a victory against Hull. Yeah, Hull have not been in the, the best of form. I know they won at the Magic Weekend, didn't they, against Hull Kingston Rovers. They were, they were beaten at Warrington uh, last weekend out, and they're playing in the Challenge Cup. We're recording this third, so they're playing the Cup on Sunday against St. Helens. And they've had a few injuries. Uh, Mark Sneed's been out injured, plus a few other people. Kurt Yeeman came out of retirement, didn't he, and played at the Magic Weekend for them. Uh, 35 years old, I think he is, Kurt. There's no age that, is it, Rob? He's the same age as me. So, uh, <laughs> You're old man. So, yeah. So, so um, no, this could be a good time to play. Although they're, they're a difficult side, aren't they, at home? I mean, our our record at Hull in the, the Super League is uh, one win out of 20. So, in 19 defeats, we've not got the best, the best record there in the Super League era. So, it's going to be a tough ground to go. It is. It's always a hostile ground to go. It's a bit of a trip as well. And, you know, they're going to be fired up, aren't they? They're a good home side. But you never know. I think we go there with the right attitude, like I said before. Play with a bit more freedom. We've had a, a bit of a week break to, to freshen up. And I think that's what it's all about now. Getting out of that routine of, of games that we were in. And that, that, that five that five game losing. Well, let's hope this has broken it up now. And we can approach that game with a bit more positivity. Yeah, and a mixed bag. Hull, uh, one, two, lost two of the last four games. Um I know, I know they've suffered from injuries, haven't they, in the last couple of weeks as well, but this is obviously an ideal opportunity to go up to Hull if they've not got a full squad uh, and put a, you know put real pressure on them because, obviously, us beating Hull at Hull like we did last year would be a big statement, a big message out to Super League that Salford are back on track and looking back up uh, towards that top eight. And, you know, you're hoping that the players will be fired up for it. You're hoping Ian Watson will have had the, you know, the game plan sorted and, you know, it's, it's going to happen, I think. Well, they had a good. We beat them at home this season, Rob. We beat yeah, them twenty-two yeah. eight. I think it was at home. Was it something like that? We, yeah, we yeah. beat them pretty comfortably at home. Um, did a good job on them as well, and they didn't have any injuries that night, as I recall. So, 
So why not? We, we beat him at our place and we, we showed in those games. I mean, you don't become a bad side overnight. We, we pummeled Wakefield a few weeks ago, six weeks ago, whatever it was now, five weeks ago. And we beat Hull at home. So we've had some really good wins this season. Uh, um, so we've had some good wins. So we, we can do it. We can perform well. And um, when we put our minds to it, and confidence for me you now, that confidence is a big thing. Obviously, the halfbacks as well is a big thing, but confidence as well now. And if we could go there and approach that game and perhaps just play with a bit more freedom, like I said, then uh, and we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I don't think that it's the whole side of 1982 that we're going to play and mm-hmm. I don't think they're that good. I think uh, they're vulnerable and, and we can exploit, you know, th- those places in their their side where we can score points. Yeah, they've got some good players uh, to watch out for. Danny, Danny Houghton, Jamie Shaw... Uh, Jake Connor, uh, Mark Minicello, you know, they have got quality, but obviously we've got quality as well. And I'm sure they'll be looking at our squad thinking the same thing. Yeah, that Jake Connor's been a good player this season. He's really been their, their go-to man. And it's not only Mark Sneed, their, their, their talisman and, and point scorer, but that Jake Connor's settled in since he's moved from Huddersfield. And he's, he's a bit of a niggly player, but he's he's a player with that, that, that sort of edge to him as well. And, uh, you know, he, he's be, become a player they rely on. And like you said there, Jamie Shaw, very, very exciting Exciting fullback. They've got some good outside backs as well. To Mavave. Um, you know, if Max Need is playing, he, we all know all about him, don't we? They've got a decent pack as well. They've got some good forwards in there. Danny Outman, as you say, the hooker, you know, real workhorse and probably one of the best hookers in the competition. Danny Washbrook, another another player who's who's probably knocking on a bit now, but is a wholehearted player and they always seem to get the best out of him. And, and Matt Minicello, as you mentioned, another guy. So they have got some 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 really good players. Um, and it's going to be a really tough game if we to get something out of that. We're all going to, have to be on our metal and everything. Well, it'll be a tough game, but if we want to make in the eight situation, we find our points at home to the likes and Catalan Dragon have to go away now and nick one away. And I'm feeling Hull is a possibility of one nicking one. Yeah, it'll be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, but we've got to be positive. We've got to go into the game positive and. Uh, as you'll hear from my prediction shortly, I'm going to be very positive as well. Ah, yeah. Give us your score prediction then, Paul. Have you written it down well, first I've not wrote it down yet because it's a week I've really thought about it, so I'm just going to have to make one up off the top of my head. Um, if I had to go, I'm going for a win, obviously, because I always do. Um, I was looking for a draw. No, I'll go for a win. I've yeah. never gone for a draw. I'll go for a be, win. You said you were going to be positive a minute ago. I can't, I can't see us scoring loads of points. Um, I'm going to go 22... 20 to Salford. Salford, I'm going to go Hull 10, Salford 36. 36 yeah. 10. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be. Where do you get these predictions? A, a vision comes <laughs> no, to me. No, let's be positive. You're right. You're 36 right. 10. You know, we're going to come out like an house on fire after two weeks of, of, of soul searching uh, behind the scenes and working hard. You know it's going to be it's going to be on top for Hull on 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 Friday. You know the players are going to be come out firing uh, and you know recreate the magic of last season uh, when we hammered them away. So yeah, confident that we'll get a result there. Fifty four eighteen there last season, Rob. What yeah. a game that was! It was I think it was thirty four. Oh, I did the preview the other day. Thirty four twelve, I think it was at half time. So it was an, it was like dreamland. <laughs> it was like strange. You know, going for a cup of tea all at half time, being thirty points up. It was weird. But I'd, I'd take, I'd take a four nil win or a scrappy twelve six or something like that this time. We just need the two points, don't we? So uh, good luck to Ian and the boys. Yeah, good luck to the uh, the boys from the Devil Detail. Hopefully, we'll uh, be coming back from all uh, celebrating a fantastic win. So that's the end of this week's show, Paul. Another great show.
Yeah, really enjoyed it, mate. Really enjoyed it. And uh, thanks to to Andy Rosler for taking time out to speak to us today. Thanks to uh, the, the players and, and Willie Poulton for speaking to us last week after a disappointing result. And hopefully we'll have some good news to bring you a uh, week on Friday at Hull. Yeah, so big thanks for tuning us this week. I've been Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Definitely Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.